This is Cody Smith, and you're listening to the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. What's going on, you guys, and welcome back to the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. Today, we're going to jump into one of my favorite training methodologies called interval weight training. Now, a number of years ago, I was a, a you know a pretty big follower of like the competitive CrossFit space, and there was this group out there called Brute Strength, and Brute Strength had their own training program, and they had a, a games team and all these different things. And something they always used to talk about and produce content around was their you know their IWTs, their interval weight training workouts that they would always do. And, and years ago, I jumped into understanding it and played around with it in some of my, my earlier competitive CrossFit programming and stuff like that, but it never really took, it never really was something that I was, you know, overly interested in, especially because, you know, you've heard, you've heard my story a number of times now, I actually ended up kind of walking away from the competitive CrossFit space and, and just really jumping in more to just health and longevity in general, but that being said, a, a number of months ago, I, I saw, I actually had her on the show, Georgia Smith of OPEX post that her and James Fitzgerald and, and Carl, all of who have been on the show, were doing an IWT training together. And really got me interested in kind of jumping back into some of the methodology behind it and the philosophy of why people would use it. And as I've been, you know, diving back into it and putting it inside of my own training, using it in clients programming, it's been really getting uh, great results with them. And for me, has been extremely enjoyable. So I thought I would record a show and jump into really the the history behind it, some of the potential benefits, some of the non-benefits, where it came from, and, you know, who actually made it up. So we'll jump into all that stuff today. But first and foremost, I need your help. As always, I always ask for a five-star rating and review. Honestly, it just helps this show to get in the ears of more people just like you. You know, I had this mission of really going as deep as I possibly can around all of the things that are CrossFit and, and functional fitness. And it's been a real passion of mine because in my endless quest for information and knowledge, I have to go to a number of different sources to learn things. And for me, I would like to be a one-stop shop where, you know, that aspiring functional fitness coach or that person who is in functional fitness or CrossFit, whatever you want to call it, like wherever you are coming to this show from, I want this to be a place that you can learn and become more educated. So it doesn't matter if you're a coach. It doesn't matter if you're a client of coaches. It doesn't matter if you're an athlete. I want you to be able to come to this show and learn more. So the way that I can get into the ears of more people just like you is for you to actually hit pause on that show right now. Hit that pause button on your phone, head on over, and then give this show a five-star rating review. The second way that you could participate and help me to get the show in the hands of more people just like you would be to just simply take a screenshot on your phone and then post it up on your Instagram story and then be sure to tag me in it. I am at Coach Cody Smith. Again, that also allows me to connect with you. I love to talk with you guys inside of the DMs and to answer your questions and to really make sure that I am providing worthwhile and helpful content for you. Ultimately, sometimes I view this show as just like, <clears throat> you know, my own personal diary and, and where I go to document my journey. But on top of that, now that there are so many people that follow and listen to this, to this show, I want to make sure that I'm being helpful to you as well and not just documenting my journey. So again, leave that five-star rating review and then go ahead and take that screenshot. And then without any further ado, you guys, let's go ahead and jump into today's content. Again, interval weight training is the topic. I want you to think of interval weight training as a way of training in which 
you can combine resistance training or you know Olympic lifting, things of that nature, with the aerobic or the monostructural work uh, side of the house, if you will. It's a, it's a it's a pretty cool combination, and we'll get into the benefits as we go through this. But let's talk a little bit about the history. So the the history of, around this is centered around a guy by the name of Patrick O'Shea. He was actually a professor of uh, exercise and sports science at Oregon State University. Prior to that, he was, uh, I believe, a competitive swimmer. I think he was in Michigan somewhere. And uh, there was a story that he told about how, you know, he would walk through the YMCA during his swimming career, and he would walk through the weight room, through all the, you know, the exercise machines and the dumbbells, and he would walk to the pool to do his training and his laps for the day. And he said that his coaches always would discourage him away from you know, the different weightlifting elements and things that essentially would, you know, bulk him up and gain him muscle. The thought behind it was like it would slow him down. And uh, <clears throat> he ended up be befriending a, a high-level Olympic lifter, and he was really drawn to the power and the speed that that guy had. So he, uh, you know, he began good friends, started training with him. I think I read before that he had snatched somewhere around like 300 pounds at one time, and uh, when the world record wasn't too much over that, he dumped into powerlifting. He had squatted and deadlifted over 600 pounds and then, you know, did different triathlons and cycling, Nordic skiing. I mean, he was doing all kinds of things. And then, they, you know, one of the last little, little pieces about him is that they said when he was 72 that the guy could squat over 300 pounds. So, uh, you know, for me, thinking about, like, if I can get up to 72 years old to be able to squat 300 pounds would, uh, you know, be in a, in a, a very good uh, feat of strength. Uh, another cool story about uh, Professor O'Shea is that um, in 1976, he actually fell into a crevasse, right? You know, the, the giant holes in, <clears throat> in the earth. And uh, he was hiking Mount St. Helens, fell into the crevasse, and uh, fell like 60 feet. He was covered under snow. Rescuers looked, to him for, looked for him for several hours. And he actually found, was found in this like little snow tomb and uh, this little air pocket, if you will, from falling into it. So if that story about Professor Patrick O'Shea doesn't make you interested in his style of training alone, I, I really am not sure what to tell you. But, uh, you know, during his time of being professor, he was looking for a way in which he could cross-train the, the different, you know, variety of sports that he was coaching. He was looking for a way that he could cross-train his athletes. Now, as he came up with this method... He ended up finding that with proper manipulation, you know, paying attention to the loads being used, the intensities, times, rest periods, and any other variable you can think of that you could get to a highly, you know, a very high level of athletic performance. I mean, and with a variety of athletes that he worked with, you know, he was able to do this. And essentially, you know, periodization with this type of training, in his words, were essentially out the window. Now, he published his first article on this in 1987, and I'll be sure to, I actually downloaded that article when I read through it a number of times. I'll post it inside of the show notes of the show so you can go check that stuff out. But it's, it's some pretty cool stuff, and, and some of the results were extremely encouraging. Now, I, I will say just some, you know, as we jump into some of the benefits here, we'll start with non-benefits first. I think although, you know, you can get great endurance and performance and, you know, clients that are focused on that or people that are focused on that. Um, IWT style training or, or including it in your training is a fantastic way to go about things. But I, would, I do want to kind of caution you is that when it comes to building muscle or gaining strength, IWTs isn't going to be, you know, your 
your best thing, right? We, we know that weight training with proper rest periods and pushing volume and using the correct intensities and rest periods and, and lifting just under max for long periods of time consistently is always going to be the best thing. But on the more, you know, on the strength, uh, on, the, on the performance side of the house, it's going to go the same way. Now, like I said, what Professor O'Shea was trying to do was build an all-around athlete across a wide variety of sports on, and, and being able to do it all year round. So this is the method that he used. But again, keep that in mind. If you want to include this in your training or you want to try it out, if you are specifically looking to build muscle or gain strength, this is probably not going to be the best thing for you. Will it be something that is helpful, maybe something that is fun just to change it up from time to time? Absolutely. But is it going to be your best approach? My answer is going to be a resounding no. But again, if you're a person just looking for, you know, good old GPP, you know, general physical preparedness or, or longevity or fat loss or, or just to be more functional in nature or just change up the CrossFit workouts you've been doing, then this is going to be the, the thing that I would definitely encourage you to try out. So let's talk benefits. Okay, so potential benefits and, and, and just the number of things that I wrote down here in my notes here is that workout efficiency. For me, I do not like to train for two and a half, three hours a day. I mean, I spent a number of years training for four hours a day, five, six, sometimes seven days a week. I got burnt out. I mean, I had been through the, the myriad of issues that come with that. So when it comes to something that can make my personal workout more efficient, or if I have a person that is looking to finish their workout faster, or you know, in my group sessions where we've got 60 minutes to get a lot of stuff done, workout efficiency-wise, an IWT is going to be fantastic. And as we get into the template, you'll see why. I mean, with the particular work ratios and the rest ratios, I can almost forecast down to the minute when I'm going to finish my training session for the day. And for me, trying to get done in 60 minutes, I don't want to work out much longer than that. This is a great approach for me. So workout efficiency, you know, your time in the gym is going to be the, one of the first benefits that I wanted to kind of share with you guys. The next thing is that it could potentially teach great pacing uh, ability, right? So when, when we're talking about building a, a very strong and robust and powerful uh, aerobic ability, being able to teach your body to sustain work you know, sustainable work, meaning you can repeat it over and over and over again for long periods of time, then I believe IWTs is a great method to work on that. When, you know, when you do a particular exercise and you do a particular conditioning piece and then you rest and you're told to do that over and over again, it teaches you to maintain a pace that you know that you can repeat over and over again. So that's another second added benefit to this style of training. I think this is great for physical preparedness. Most people who are looking to live a long time, look good naked, just feel good in their own skin and, and be able to chase their kids around, which is what a very high percentage of people train for in the first place, being able to combine your conditioning and your strength in one singular method or one singular approach to training is going to prepare you for life because never in life are you going to do five sets of bicep curls. Never in life are you going to do very intense intervals on the assault bike. Never in your life are you going to do power cleans, wall balls, and burpees. That's not what you're going to see. Can it potentially help you to benefit in certain things? Absolutely. But I will tell you that in life, you will be asked to do things for long periods of time. You will be resting for a little bit. You will be doing some work. You will be moving something from here to there. You'll be being explosive. You'll be moving with control. Like all these different things, in my opinion, are going to translate with your general physical preparedness or your just physical preparedness in general are going to be benefited with an IWT. So great for physical preparedness, uh, another added benefit to that. 
for my coaches. It really helps to control your client's experience at the gym or in their training session that particular day. Again, as we get into the template that I'm going to share with you guys, and I actually just, uh, uh, by the time you listen to this, it might be a week or two later, but if you go back on my Instagram, I actually today at the time of recording this posted a really cool infographic about the history, and then I share my template that I like to use and stuff like that on there. But you'll see that as you look at that template, it really helps for you, especially for me, I do a, a great a huge amount of remote coaching where I'm not actually with the client as they're going through their workout. I get the, you know, the questions before and kind of the review and the debrief after. It helps me to control what they are doing in the gym. Now, that's very important if I have a specific result that I'm trying to give them. When I can control what they're doing in the gym, then it gives me this feeling of I am there with them when I am not there with them. So when you're, when you're doing a particular exercise, again, as we go through the template, you'll know what I mean. When you're doing a particular exercise and then you're doing the conditioning element with it and you're resting, I know that they are doing exactly the amount of work. If they're paying attention to my notes and they're trying to repeat themselves, I am controlling that session to the highest ability that I possibly can without being there. Okay. Next, IWTs can help to improve technique without excessive fatigue, right? One of the, the common things in CrossFit that you always hear is that as you get tired, technique breaks down. This is true. But in an IWT, if you do want to introduce some fatigue into a particular skill or technique or something like that, an IWT is a great way because the stimulus or the amount of fatigue that they experience is significantly lower than a traditional Metcon or traditional glycolytic work, and it gives that extra control as we spoke about in the last piece. Uh, so in my opinion, improving your technique, whether it be an Olympic lift or a particular gymnastic skill or really just any other skill in general, I mean, any lift is really a skill that you have to acquire. If you want to add some fatigue into it, learning how to execute on that technique when you're a little bit tired, then an IWT is a great way to introduce them. Okay. Another benefit. I believe that it, it gives you the ability to control and, and be intentional on all lifts, but also um, push on and learn to push on different conditioning efforts. Now, if you are a competitive CrossFit athlete or you're a person, you know, you're working out at your local CrossFit gym and you want to you know, learn to be able to push in particular things, it allows you to kind of separate these things and learn how to pace appropriately. That was one of the added, one of the benefits years ago when I started doing a ton of assault bike work is that I learned different RPMs that I could hold or different watts, whatever you decide to use for your pace. Now the new Rogue machines are the, I use the cadence uh, measurement on, side, on top of that. It allowed me to learn what I can maintain on these different elements so that when they came together in the competitive atmosphere, I could do really well inside of them. So um, that's going to be another benefit as well. So let's talk about specifically execution and just other things that I think you should really focus on and consider. First and foremost, for programming these or for trying to do these and get the added, you know, the most benefit from them possible. Ideally, in the, the traditional way to approach the IWT is that you're always going to start the session with, you know, some sort of explosive exercise. Uh, you, if you guys have listened to some of my prior programming talks, when I, I go into program design specifically around this exact kind of mindset, is that you always want to do the, you know, the, the most explosive or the most central, central nervous system fatiguing thing uh, or, or the most, uh, the, guys, my words are escaping me right now. 
the thing that is going to require the most nervous system control, you want to do that first before you experience any fatigue. So I always say power movement first inside of your first IWT. Now, that's important because if you're doing something like a power snatch or a squat snatch or a clean or anything, a jerk or anything of that nature, you want to do it when you're not fatigued so that, again, you can be intentional with technique and so that you can get you know, the, the best execution of the you know, highly nervous system driven exercise first. Now, another, another kind of bullet point on execution. As you're going through and you're doing each thing, you want to make sure that you hold the exact same pace each round or increase the pace. If you ever drop inside of your pace inside of an IWT, you are to stop and end the workout right away. That means you have lost the intention of the workout and you have lost the focus and that going on would just simply turning into a, a non-sustainable or a non-beneficial training session. Now, in some cases, you can make the argument that that is a good thing and that you could benefit from that. But in my opinion, if you're going to get the whole list the benefits that go along with an IWT. If you're losing your pace, you need to go ahead and stop, maybe take a rest period and try again, but move at a way that you can maintain each and every time or each and every round or actually increase your pace. Another execution piece, focus on each rep of each exercise and aim to move at the highest movement quality possible. That is how you maintain the, the, you know, the real reasoning behind something like an IWT. Because really, when you're doing your resistance work, if I could just throw some just basic percentages out to you, um, when you're doing any sort of, when you're doing the resistance training portion of this, you should be moving with a percentage of effort of like 60 to 70% on loading. Now, the conditioning, on the other hand, you should be pushing 90 to 95%. And when it comes to the Olympic lifts, if you're going to use them, 70 to 80%-ish 70 80 is going to be a little bit on the high side. But more, I guess my, my, my main opinion on this is maybe 50 to 60% on Olympic lifts as far as effort is concerned is going to be a good piece. But again, 90 to 95% on your conditioning is going to be perfect. Now, Rest periods, execution with rest periods. There's two types that you can use. There's active and then there's normal. An active rest period is, you know, think of it as like a light aerobic work. This can be walking, this can be, you know, a slow pedal on the assault bike or a slow row or slow ski, anything of that nature, slow jog. But an active rest period is one that you can use, again, as I go through my template here in a minute, you can use an active rest period if you would like. Another way to do that would just be a normal rest period. Sitting, standing, laying on the ground, breath work, maybe some mobility in between rest periods is going to be completely fine and a, and a perfect way to approach a rest period with an IWT. Okay, so I want to jump specifically into a template that I use. I'll throw a couple caveats in here as well as another way to approach it, but again, there is no absolutes inside of really any type of training. There, there, I kind of look at it as, you know, if we're, you know, if we're on a road and there's a, you know, the hash mark in the, in the middle and the saw line on the outside, we just want to stay inside of those lines. So what I'm giving you with this framework, think of it as more guideline. It doesn't have to be exact perfection. And the caveat that I throw with it kind of go against the traditional way that Professor O'Shea kind of had this planned out. But I've had great results with it, and over the, my past several years of using it, I've been able to see a lot of people benefit from adding this little piece to it. Okay, so here's my template. The template is going to go really in three phases. So think of this template as, as, you're, as I'm kind of going through this. 
is it could be a 60 to 75 minute time frame at most, okay? So part one is always gonna start off with three sets of eight to 12 reps of an explosive lift. Now, I will throw in this other piece. If you were gonna specifically use Olympic lifting, I would say more around the lines of like three to six reps is gonna be ideal. But if you're gonna go with just something else explosive, eight to 12 is gonna be perfect. Um, you know, this could be Olympic lifting, it could be any sort of uh, med ball slams, box jumps, anything like that. Something that is gonna be explosive. And then you're immediately gonna follow that up with one to three minutes of a hard cardiovascular effort. This could be something like a two minute row, a two minute bike, a two minute ski, you know, maybe run for three minutes, something of that nature. But you wanna approach that as I talked about in execution with like 80 to 90, uh, what was it, 90 to 95% effort. So you really wanna push hard here, but not so hard that you can't repeat the interval in set number two. Now you're gonna have a good amount of rest. One to three minutes is going to be the basic you know, way of thinking about it. One, if the intensity is a little lower. Three, if the intensity is a little higher and make sure that it does go in line with either your goals or your client's goals, okay? Now the caveat to part one is that you can also, after you do your explosive exercise or compound lift or whatever you choose first, you can use another exercise, another strength movement, but use it in the 12 to 15 range. This way we're covering the, we're covering the entire spectrum of rep ranges. Depending on what you use, you can be covering a three, as low as a three rep, all the way up to a 15 rep range inside of this first IWT. So you'll do one set, you'll get off your, you know, you're finished with your conditioning effort, and then you can do an active or just regular rest for one to three minutes, okay? Now, moving on from there, you will rest between the first IWT for three to five minutes. Just as I said with the rest period between the, the sets in the first piece, is that that's gonna be dictated off of the intensity that you maintain in the training. So if you're really getting after it, then I think five minutes is gonna be where you wanna spend your time. If you're not going as hard, then you're probably gonna benefit a lot from just doing like a, a three minute rest period instead. Okay, now you finish part one, you've taken your rest period, you're gonna roll right into part two, which is an additional IWT. Now, your first IWT, I told you that I wanted you to do an explosive exercise or an explosive compound lift first. However, in this second IWT, I want it to be just a standard slow strength exercise. So it could be something like a back squat, some sort of lunging pattern, some sort of pulling pattern any sort of press, bench, strict press, anything like that, but you are gonna stick to an eight to 12 rep range for this one. Now, again, eight to 12 reps of a slow controlled compound movement. This is the other caveat that goes along with the first IWT is that you can also add in a second additional exercise. It could be any strength movement, any accessory, any accessory exercise that you would like to use. 12 to 15 reps is gonna be ideal. And again, you are going to follow that up with one to three minutes of a conditioning slash cardiovascular or monostructural effort piece, rowing, biking, skiing, anything of that nature. So you've done first IWT, you've taken your rest periods there. You've done a big rest period in between your first and your second IWT. You've done explosive in the first IWT, you've done slower in the second one. Now, 
after you finish that second IWT, very similar to number one, you are going to rest three to five minutes between the two. Then you are going to move into the, the third and final part of an interval weight training session, which is going to be some sort of aerobic conditioning piece without any sort of rest. You can work anywhere between five and 15 minutes. I want you to use any, uh, you know, a, a, col a collaboration of bodyweight exercises or light loaded exercises. One of my favorite things to do inside of this is to do some sort of skill development, but the goal is to keep your heart rate up, but not get into max heart rates. We're not trying to push hard, but we're also not trying to go easy here. Maintainable pace, keeping it as aerobic in nature as possible. I want you to approach it with the mindset of, if I tell you to do something for seven minutes and you rested for a few minutes, could you repeat it again? If your answer is yes, then you have paced to the appropriate amount and you have got the intention from the training session. So again, three parts inside of your typical IWT training session, part one, part two, and then part three. Now, I wanna throw some other things at you in ways that I have used this you know, with, with very good success, is to essentially go at a normal training session you know, how you would typically, or, or, or if you're using templates that I've taught you over the years, it's going to be a metric-based lift, one or two of those, a couple of accessory exercises, and then you can go into a conditioning piece or any sort of bodybuilding piece. If you wanted to throw IWTs in there, one of the ways that I've been using it is to have a focused metric-based lift of the day, what, you know, a strength exercise or some sort of Olympic lifting exercise, something of that nature, and then they will do an IWT and then they will do uh, that third portion or a variation of it. So rather than doing two IWTs, I would take a traditional strength movement or, or strength training session piece, and then I will add in an IWT, and then we will finish with conditioning. And all of this is going to be directed and circling around the whole thought and the goals and the, the things that we are trying to accomplish with um, uh, you know my client or whatever we're working on. I actually, that's the way that I've been using some of the IWTs more recently, is that I'll always start off with a strength movement of the day, I will do an IWT after, and then some sort of aerobic piece after that to finish up my training session, and then I'm done in about 60 minutes, and it's been perfect and something that I have really uh, enjoyed, and um, I think this is a, a great you know thing to add in. So uh, before I hop off the show, guys, just remember that there's a ton of variables that can go into any segment of the IWT. And, and so you're not necessarily tied to any specific one. Each of them can, can help with a variety of different things. And, and really in your training, uh, there can be almost limitless ways that you can put your own spin on this particular training. Now, uh, make sure that you pay attention that the true intended version of this workout is to have extremely hard effort in your conditioning, but not one in which you can't maintain. Um, again, the percentages that I threw out is like 60 to 70% of one rep maxes on any of the strength movements. In particular, your cardio effort should be 90 to 95%, and um, you should be barely hanging on to your pacing, but not essentially losing it. Um, I encourage you to give this a shot and to enjoy it and to, as always, reach out if you have questions and uh, prepare to enjoy something that is a lot of fun and something that is extremely beneficial um, in your fitness. So thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. If you have any questions for me, feel free to reach out and I will see you on the next episode.
Thank you so much for spending some time with me today and tuning into the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. I release episodes every single week. You can find me at Coach Cody Smith in the gym at Virtuous Fitness WA on Instagram to stay up to date with all things Virtuous Fitness. Before you go, head over to iTunes and give this show a rating and review. That is how we grow this show and make it even more impactful for you. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode.